Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at New York at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to you all for this celebration of the Wessex Festival. And to all of you who are joining us over the airways, I welcome you too. Um, Before we start, Could I just ask you to make sure your phones are off? Thank you. Tonight we are at the peak of the spiritual year and have an opportunity to work with thousands of meditators and servers around the world in the full flow of the energies of Taurus. The Wessex Festival is a great annual gathering of light from the lowliest aspirant to the Christ, to the Buddha whose festival it is, through to the planetary Logos himself. And as participants the world over join in silent aspiration and cooperation with the will of God, It's not difficult to imagine the amplification of brilliant light. Nor is it difficult to visualize the electrification of this channel when the Buddha makes his brief annual appearance in the skies above a valley in the Himalayas to transmit the enlightened purpose of the Logos. And as more and more people discover the significance of the full moon of Taurus and participate in this group's service, we can imagine the increasing energy being safely and intelligently distributed throughout the planet in greater spiritual light. For Wessex is known as a linking festival relating the past to the present in terms of the revelation of truth. It links east and west, uniting the Buddhist tradition which arose out of Hinduism with Christianity, whose spiritual foundation is Judaism. Through the partnership of these two brothers, the Buddha and the Christ. And they come together annually at this festival to enact an energy transfer on behalf of humanity, and through their united effort, a means of communication is set up between humanity and God. A door is opened, making a two-way passage possible, speaking in terms of energy. 
So through this door, the love and wisdom of God can flow into the world and humanity may approach God through the generation of a spirit of demand or invocation. So let's take a few moments now to silently connect as we stand within the stream of energy which is already charging the ethers with renewed livingness for the year ahead. And then we'll say together the affirmation of the will followed by the sacred word. And that's a white card on your seat. In the center of the will of God I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Had a bit of competition with the bells of St. Patrick's then. <laughs> At this time of the Wessex full moon, the sense of purpose is alive in the ethers, broadening the horizons of identity away from the limitations of self towards a more inclusive group identity. And with time, this opening of the mind to group impression will become an integral part of life as humanity begins to use the true reasoning power of love as its creative agent. And as an integral part of this move away from dependence upon intellectual power alone, humanity will reconnect the individual mind with the universal and will tune into the stars and constellations of a cosmos that is alive and thrilling with purpose. For this change, 
the recognition of the imbalanced way in which modern education develops, the right and left hemispheres of the brain is needed. The popular view is that one of the brain's hemispheres is for reasoning and the other for emotion. In his book, The Master and His Emissary, The Divided Brain and the Making of the Western World, Dr. McGilchrist challenges this view and he writes, we now know that every type of function, including reason, emotion, language, and imagery, is subserved not by one hemisphere alone, but by both. The division of the brain into two hemispheres is essential to human existence, making possible incompatible versions of the world with quite different priorities and values. And he continues by noting that the difference between the two hemispheres doesn't lie in which skills each hemisphere possesses, but rather that they pay attention in fundamentally different ways. The left hemisphere processing details and the right attending to the whole picture. So according to Dr. McIlchrist, the left hemisphere of the brain is narrowly focused and the right more broad, being alert to what's going on in the wider environment. And the analogy is given of a chicken, wherein the left hemisphere of its brain is engrossed in looking for seed in the dirt, while its right is alert to the environment and making sure it doesn't become somebody else's lunch. So the left hemisphere sees things in isolation and only sees what it expects to see. And it's this side of the brain that's primarily exercised where education is knowledge-based. It is this left side of the brain where the memorization of knowledge and facts and figures predominates. And such education makes it difficult to bring in fresh ideas and perspectives. So there's little scope for more creative ways of seeing the world and of un understanding who we are as human beings. The left side gets stuck in a way of thinking and always needs to be in control, whereas the right sees the whole, not needing to compartmentalize and to know everything. He goes on to say that happiness comes from social connectedness and a sense of purpose beyond the immediate. And we might add that it also comes from a sense of connectedness to the universe itself. Our ancestors exhibited this sense of greater purpose and it needs to be acquired again on a higher turn of the spiral. We need to awaken to the fact that the universe is alive with love and allow feelings of awe and wonder to arise within us, inspiring our activities in life. Simply gazing up at the stars goes some way to restoring our sense of spiritual perspective. And drawing upon the creative imagination, we can tune into the rays of etheric light between ourselves 
and the constellations and awaken a deeper appreciation of astrological forces. For while the outer eye observes the dark emptiness of universal space, the imagination can perceive cascades of golden fire, hosts of creative hierarchies spiraling down and interacting, interacting with humanity and the earth. So though only appearing occasionally in mainstream science, the idea of a living conscious universe will eventually grow strong enough to transform the scientific mindset from the inside out. After all, each star in the sky is a sun like ours, a solar logos with a specific purpose manifesting through its physical trajectory in space. In a London talk a few months back, I mentioned a scientist and author, Dr. Greg Makloff, who relates to this because he believes that the stars set their own courses of their own volition. And he works at the physics department of the New York City College of Technology and is a major figure in the interstellar movement, which analyzes prospects for travel to the stars. And his research has been in the field of in-space propulsion, spacecraft navigation, and protection from asteroids. Considering himself as a conservative thinker, Dr. Matloff says that a true scientist cannot ignore observational data and must base hypothesis and theories upon such results and not upon previous experience, ideology, or dogma. He asserts that the only thing we can be absolutely sure of is our own consciousness. And in his book, Starlight, Star Bright, Are Stars Conscious? He expounds on his beliefs and he asks, but what is consciousness? Is it a property that is unique to humans or do we share it with other life forms? Or is the philosophical doctrine of panpsychism correct? Are stars and the entire universe conscious in some sense? It's a disconcerting fact that the Gaia Space Observatory, he says, is bringing in masses of data showing that anomalies in the motion of stars is a galaxy-wide phenomenon. Cool, redder, less massive stars, such as our own sun, appear to circle the center of the galaxy faster than their hotter, bluer, more massive sisters. And Dr. Matloff proposes that this anomaly in star motion is due to stellar volition. In other words, the stars are conscious entities and they maintain their galactic position and determine their own trajectories through space by their own volition. Expanding on this hypothesis, he contends that it's possible now to construct simple models of universal consciousness and test them against observational evidence. And he presents a simple model of panpsychism which addresses these anomalies in stellar motion. 
So if we are now moving into an era where observational evidence can be shown to support the esoteric view that stars demonstrate will and volition, an important milestone will have been reached. And this is a beautiful affirmation of the divine will. It leads us to ponder as to what, then, might the volition, the divine will of our own sun be? And what then might the will of the planets that spiral round this majestic life be? For the stars and constellations are the leading lights of our destiny, influencing and conditioning the consciousness of every living thing in line with the divine plan. As we do at the time of these full moons, we have to learn to think with the stars, tuning into their life force. But for the majority of people, thoughts of the heavens are not part of the daily life, though they're actually an integral part of it. And we still display a flat earth mentality, despite all the scientific discoveries that confirm the earth is a sphere orbiting the sun. And few people ever stop to wonder about the fact that we live on a sphere spinning on its axis and rushing through space at terrific speed. Generally, there seems to be no sense of heavenly or even earthly motion. And instead, we're divorced from the dance of the heavens and deaf to the music of the spheres. A co-worker, astronomer, Greg Quick, has taken it upon himself to address this, helping people to tune in to the motion of the Earth and the heavenly orbs through his Astro Tours project in Australia. And in an interview with ABC TV, Greg said pearl diving was what actually activated his interest in the stars and planets because the work revolved around the tides. He said, we get a 10-meter tide in a six-hour period in Broome, and we would dive the smaller tides. Very quickly, I'm working in rhythm with the moon cycle because the moon governs the tides. It took me a little while. It was a gradual process and not a deliberate thing I set out to do. But after a while, Greg was able to look at the moon and know when the tide was going to be that day. He said that tuned him in to the relationship between the earth, sun, and moon to the point where he said he could feel it. I could feel the journey of the earth going around the sun, and I can feel the moon swinging around the earth, he said. It's not something I feel every day walking around the streets, but when I stop and tune into it, it's something I have a real, a real sense of. Greg's stargazing tours are an edutainment experience using giant telescopes, lasers, and fun under some of the best star-gazing skies on the planet. That's according to him, of course. He says of his work that giving people a living, breathing, conscious experience of being on a planet that is turning as it hurtles through space is our most profound task. 
With this experience comes an ability to see things for what they really are, to see yourself in relation to the whole, and to know that everything is on track. And Greg has recently become a big hit in the UK and Australia as a co-host of the BBC program Stargazing Live. His long white beard, sorry, his long white hair, he has got a white beard as well, and beard, twinkling eyes and hat, and use of a laser pointer quickly led him to be nicknamed Space Gandalf. And pointing out the beauty and reality of our living on a rapidly moving sphere, which is, re which is revealed by observing the starry heavens. He calls his, his approach to astronomy Earth-turning consciousness. By connecting with the stars and planets frequently, he believes that we awaken the sense of our oneness and the journey we are all making together. The joy of such astronomical observations comes from an unconscious tuning into the fact that the heavenly bodies are living beings qualified by particular energies. Esoteric or soul astrology is a true science of relationships, and any idea of separateness, of individual isolation, we know to be illusory. And closer to home on our own planet, we understand that in reality, everything is connected. Every form and every organism in every kingdom of nature is intimately related to every other through the planetary etheric body. All share with us the vast circulatory life of the planet as it streams into, through, and out of every aspect of the form nature. And the only differences which exist are those in consciousness, for there is only one life pouring through them. So from the perspective of the soul, this interrelationship of forms held together by the planetary etheric body gives one the sense of one great unfolding consciousness. In the book, Telepathy and the Etheric Vehicle, we read, Lines of light pass from form to form. Some are bright and some are dim. Some move or circulate with rapidity. Others are lethargic and slow in their interplay. Some seem to circulate with facility in some particular kingdom of nature and some in another. Some come from one direction and some from another, but all are in movement all the time. It is a constant circulation. All are passing on and into and through, and there is not one single atom in the body which is not the recipient of this living, moving energy. There is no form that is not kept in shape and livingness, by this determined inflow and outflow. And there is therefore no part of the body of manifestation which is a part of the planetary vehicle of the Lord of the world, which is not in complex but complete touch with his divine intention. Through the medium of his three major centers, 
Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity. So this divine intention brings us back to our work tonight in the just-released energies of the Wessex Festival, the festival of the Buddha whose wisdom brought us the key to our freedom from earthly struggle, namely that all suffering is due to misplaced desire. Struggle through the impulse of desire is very characteristic of Taurus, symbolized by the bull, the bull of the personality, which rushes forward blindly and destructively until, through pain and lessons learnt, the will and wisdom of the soul finally conditions. In Taurus, though, we have two planets to help us through this difficult process. Venus, carrying the light of knowledge and facilitating the emergence of love through the directing power of the mind. And Vulcan, the sole ruler and the god of beneficial fire. Known also as the divine fashioner of souls, Vulcan carries this energy of will and together with Venus works to reveal the spiritual keynote of Taurus. I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light. The examples and thinkers of thinkers and servers given tonight have all reached their illumined thinking through the power of observation. And as we go into our meditation tonight, we strive to hold the mind steady in the light and work with the enlightening forces available to us. And we are conscious too of the volition of the Lord of the world, the planetary Logos, on his sacred journey through space. And let's draw on the imagery of the Buddha's Wessex ceremony and find through this a more inclusive and vivid connection with the higher energies of this inner universal light. Remote in distance, but closer in consciousness, we can participate in receiving the Buddha's blessing for humanity and cooperate in its distribution, lifting and aiding humanity on its journey to become a lighted outpost of the consciousness of God in the solar system. So we'll work now with meditation outline, which is on your seats. I'll say out loud the various stages of the meditation outline so we can keep together. But we'll say together the stages of the higher and lower interlude and the Great invocation at the end.
letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, and the great ashram of Sanakamara, towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known.
higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. meditation, we reflect on the seed thought, I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, we visualize the energies of light and love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plan centers through which the plan can manifest. We use a six-fold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world and physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. We refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. We visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, we visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. By the way, if anyone's not familiar with the legend of the Wessex ceremony, we have some booklets at the back that you could take home with you to read. The next uh, full moon meeting is the Gemini full moon, 
um, also known as the Festival of Unification and of Goodwill. And this meeting will be held not here, but at our offices at 120 Wall Street at 6.30 p.m., which is the normal time for our meetings in the evenings, on Thursday, the 8th of June. So we hope you can join us then. If you could, please phone ahead and we can register you to enter the building for access. But before that, and this weekend, in fact, we have the Arcane School Conference. So please, you're warmly invited to attend those. Um, both afternoons start at 1.30. And the conference is being held here again at the Three West Club in another room, of course. So thank you for your participation this evening. Thank you for coming, and good evening. Right. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.